0: Welcome to Lifeology, I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. My guest today is Dr. Caroline Leaf, who's a world-renowned cognitive neuroscientist, mental health expert, and best-selling author, in today's episode, she talks with me about her latest bestseller, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, that teaches you how to create and maintain healthier thoughts and live with sustainable happiness. She teaches you how to achieve this through practical tools and techniques by engaging in a five-action-oriented process called the NeuroCycle. Welcome to my show, Dr. Leaf.
1: Thank you so much, James. It's great to be with you.
0: I am I've been looking forward to this all week it's so funny my um one of my two amazing sisters Tanya she uh, introduced me to you years ago and she's like when I told her she's like oh, oh my gosh you have to you know I can't wait to hear more about this so a little shout out to oh, my sister as that's well lovely. thank you <laughs> of it's, course oh
1: that's so lovely well it's really lovely to you do you do a great job I love your show so this is very it's an honor to be with you thank you
0: oh that's so kind of you how did you even get into this field of being a neuroscientist
1: well, I was always fascinated with the mind and the brain. And when I started, I actually got into do neurosurgery. And then I decided, oh. no, I'm not going to do that because... It's, I'm gonna be dealing with, you know, people that are asleep and I like people that are alive. Uh, I, wa- yeah. I wanted to understand mind. I want I mean well not alive but awake and sure. I just felt that I, I I wanted to understand the concept of mind and brain and see if there's a way that we could actually empower ourselves to understand mm-hmm. this process because it's like it's it's almost like a big philosophical thing is we're human and it's hard to be alive, so how can we manage this process? So mind yeah. management, even though I didn't have that terminology back mm-hmm. when I was a teenager, that concept was very much dominant my thinking. So I started doing a combination of different degrees and I was very fortunate to get into it into a degree that was an experimental degree oh, wow. where they, they blended medicine, um, psychology, neuropsychology, mm-hmm. neurology, um, communication, pathology. It was a seven-year degree that they actually pushed into wow. four years oh, and they gosh. kept us literally going seven days a week and we did clinical work and it was the most immersion, it was a, a totally immersion in the world of mm-hmm. um, mind, brain, psychology neurobiology and they don't actually have that degree anymore and it's such a pity because it really transformed wow. my life wow. and it really got me going further into doing my masters and my PhD and I still research and I honestly attribute it to my foundation where I got so caught up in this whole process of trying to understand you know, what does it mean to be alive and to be a human and what is the mind, what is the brain, what is a thought, what are memories? Mm. These are words we all throw around, mind, sure. brain, thoughts, memories, emotions, you know, happy, sad, mental health, but what are they and what level of agency do we have as humans? And I remember sitting in one of my neuroscience lectures in the 80s, and back in the 80s, they didn't believe that the brain could change. The mind oh, brain and the brain were seen as separate. They, they were seen as separate. So you had a mind and you had a brain, and they worked together. Now, currently, the mind and the brain have been subsumed into one. So that's kind of a backward move. We have that problem today, and we can talk about that. But essentially, in the 80s, they didn't believe the brain could change. And I remember sitting in a lecture and hearing this and challenging my professor and saying that's impossible because we are changing as humans. We're never Mm -hmm. the same. We're constantly experiencing Mm -hmm. new stuff. So obviously the organ which the mind uses, which is the brain, the brain, the mind uses the brain, then the brain must change if the mind changes. So they said that was a ridiculous question. And I said, okay, well, I am now challenged. And I started doing clinical research. And I said, give me the worst situation. Give me the most difficult thing to research. And they said, okay, study traumatic brain injury. Mm. There was so little research on people that had trauma to their brain because they didn't didn't study it because they didn't think it was worth studying it because they didn't think the brain could change. And I said, that's such a hopeless view. So I started working with people with traumatic brain injuries developing systems of understanding well that's the mind, what is the mind how can we make the brain change if we can understand what mind is can we direct the mind to direct changes in the brain mm. and that's where I did some of the first neuroplasticity research back really? in the late 80s and early 90s in my field and showed that with directed mind input you can direct the neuroplasticity of your brain. So basically so you your brain is making microscopic yeah you can control it, your brain is making microscopic changes genetically driven uh, genetically controlled but driven by an engine and the engine is your mind so the difference between you and I and a dead person is our mind so our mm-hmm. mind is this massive concept that has been very misunderstood. It's become more of a more of the discussion in philosophy than it has in, in um in, in hardcore medicine and science, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because there's also a whole body of research obviously on the mind brain connection. But sure. essentially the, the trying to understand the mind is what really drove me. And when I saw people, patients that were written off as vegetables by doctors and going back to get degrees by just teaching them how to use their mind, and not okay. just one, but hundreds, and then eventually thousands, and now we reach millions through our platform. It was very quick, it wasn't very. It was a difficult decision for me to continue my research, develop a theory, develop a system mm-hmm. for how to understand the mind, how to make it work, and how to make the brain change. And in that mind-brain system, I started understanding thoughts, and what thoughts are, and memories, and all that stuff. So that's been sort of the field of research. That's
0: amazing. Is, it's almost like there's a parallel process, because you were told that, you couldn't do this that the brain doesn't grow and then your brain grew and then you grew if you will and all of a sudden the process of you yeah. creating this being one of the first people for talk about neuroplasticity but you did that yourself as well so it's kind of interesting the parallel process how that worked together I remember when I was in uh, when I was an undergrad we read about this person I don't remember his name but he, somehow he had like a, rare, like a crowbar that went up through his head um, yes, and when, very and yeah, and half of his brain didn't work. But then he was able to—he was his personality was off, but he was still able to have his motor functions, etc. And would that be—I mean, that's a really, really traumatic version of it. But that's yes, essentially, that's wouldn't it, you say, a form of that
1: neuroplasticity? Yeah, traumatic brain injury. That's a mm-hmm. very famous. It's a very famous. Um, it's a study, and it was it was used initially to the, most of the research on, on on brain was done on people that were dead or had brain damage. So mm. a lot of our understanding of the brain initially was from that angle. But what was interesting there is that. The this person was still able to function despite an a- absolutely massive amount of brain damage. And that was, that was one of the first things that, you know, you sort of learned about in our neuroscience lectures. And, and mm-hmm. it started of showing you that, you know, we as humans, we have I any mean, of these stories of people that are born with like the hardly any brain and they're functioning normally. And, and, and then I've seen in my own career people, because I've worked with traumatic brain injuries, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is people with trauma, um, sports injuries, aut- autism, Alzheimer's, severe learning disabilities, severe cognitive, um, in payments, um Severe trauma, like war trauma, mm. sexual mm. trauma. So it's been a. So so I wanted to be able to help a person in the most constrained state that that were a state that were manifesting with tremendous emotional challenges, cognitive, social, emotional mm-hmm. challenges, and find ways of saying, okay, well, that is the. Those are the. Those are the realities of what your life is like at the yeah. moment. But let's try and track back and find how we can change that in terms exactly. of building the brain, in terms of finding the origin and deconstruction mm-hmm and reconstructing and you know as a psychotherapist that you can't resolve something unless you actually find the source source, of that issue so and that's where i decided to really get into the mind brain connection because when you understand that psychoneurobiology psycho being mind Mm -hmm. neuro being brain biology being body when you understand that root then it helps you to then be more guided in how you process information. So I don't know if you want me to explain. Well, I was going to ask the the you: does that, does that lead? With,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, does that lead into the mind management aspect of it, where it goes? We talk about your conscious, Definitely. subconscious, and yeah, the non-conscious mind. Absolutely. I think I can see that. Yeah, tell, tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, what we can look at is: is um I'll go with some very basic analogies. I've got some models and things here. Mm-hmm. So here's a model of the brain and the body. And those, if you have listeners, I'm just holding up a brain model mm-hmm. and you've, because uh, you've, uh, you've you got listeners and viewers? Yes, we have
0: both. Yes. Have you got,
1: okay. Uh-huh. So listen, if, if you're listen, if you're just listening right now, you can just look at your own brain and body, obviously your brain's mm-hmm. in your skull, but mm-hmm. that's the physical part of you and that we can understand. But now if you dead, this just pretty much does nothing anymore. So, but when someone's alive, this brain and body is doing what we're doing. We're communicating and we could put all kinds of technology on and we can see brain waves and we can see EKG heart activity. And, you know, there's stuff going on we're responding we're interacting and that ability to interact and be and experience life that's mind so mind is our aliveness our ability to be human and experience the experiences of life so here's our physical and our our mind would be almost like if you wanted a visual literally like a cloud around and going through your brain and your body on a psychological level, your mind is how you think, feel, and choose. Now, those three mm-hmm. things go together. Mm-hmm. When you think, you feel. When you think and feel, you choose. You can't think without feeling. You can't feel without thinking. You can't choose without thinking and feeling. So, we've got to think of those three going working together. And what we do as humans on an unconscious level, and I'm going to talk about what unconscious is in a moment, okay. but are, we are. At, on an unconscious level, we are circulating through this think field, choose think-feel-choose to process the experiences of life at 400 billion actions mm-hmm. plus per oh, second. So is what it? I've done is look at that and then translate that back into a conscious process. So mind is all this think field, choose and psychologically, and then also on a physics level We see from the work in gravitational fields Einstein's mm-hmm. work on photons mm-hmm. The electromagnetic effect All that tell, shows us that every human When they're alive There's a very unique electromagnetic field Around your body mm-hmm. And that's just an absolute established scientific fact It's not anything woo-woo or weird It's an yeah, absolute exactly. fact we, There's mm-hmm. also recent research on gravitational fields Which we know keep us from floating mm-hmm. But we've also got unique gravitational fields Around our body When someone dies All of that goes so there's Dang. a so that can be considered kind of the physical aspect of the psychological aspect of Makes mind. Sense. So think feel choose is this Mind is how we are listening now to each other, processing this information, how we experience life. But as we're doing the psychological stuff, there's a, there's a parallel physic, physical process that's happening, and that's gravitational fields, electromagnetic forces, and that's what we pick up. Like I use QEEG technology in my neuroscience research, and that is picking up the brain waves in the brain. So the brain is responding energetically. If someone's dead, yes. there are no brain waves. Correct. So when someone's yeah. alive and they are functioning like we are, there's going to be brainwave activity there's going to be oxygen and blood flow there's going to be electromagnetic activity through the blood and that's what you pick that's what the mind is generating so Mind is this energy force and brain and body are the physical and there's a magical relationship as mind interacts with brain and body. So it's kind of like this. Here is you in life and life is there's the environment of life. And as you open your eyes in, your mor- in the morning, you are in the environment of life. So you are reading that email, you're having a conversation, mm-hmm. you're doing your work, you're reading the politics, you're doing, having a meal, you're going to work, life. So every single experience and the average person is having about 8,000 to 10,000 experiences experiences. experiences a day. Every experience is kind of like the, the mind is the front line, the mind grabs it. So what comes first? The experience, the mind processes the experience into the brain and then as soon as the mind hits the brain, there's a literal Transformation that happens The brain responds Electromagnetically Neurochemically Genetically And the experience Is converted Into little protein Structures that Are holding the data Of the Mm -hmm. The information And the emotions And everything about The experience In little vibrations In little proteins And then lots of proteins Group together And you grow little Thought trees So your mind Uh Builds the experience Uh Into a thought tree In the brain So like now The experience now As we're talking about Mental health mind brain connection that's the experience that's the name of the tree so as your listeners are listening and your viewers are watching and listening this experience has been converted through think field choose all that electromagnetics Mm -hmm. into the brain and you are building a thought tree made of memories So you build a thought. Thought is product of mind. So the experience Mm -hmm. is converted by mind into brain as a thought tree. And that thought tree is made of proteins. And as you can see, this tree's got lots of branches. So that's all the information. I'm giving you lots of information. So each bit of information is getting its own little branch and its Mm -hmm. own little group of branches. So the more I say, the more branches you grow. Now, what I am saying is actually in the root system of the tree. So we know that all trees. obviously this tree is in a pot. So the Mm -hmm. source is always the root system. And then the branches are the built immediately. You you, you hear my words, you grow the little mm-hmm. roots and then there's, that's your interpretation. So it's how you mm-hmm. think, feel and choose uniquely about what you're hearing because we're all different and we've all yeah. got all kinds of thoughts being activated to help you understand and process what I'm saying. Now Every experience is like that. The experience is there, you use existing thoughts, it's converted, it, the, source, the actual source, the experience, the argument, the discussion, the email, the work meeting, the pol- political thing you've discussed is all going in the source and then you interpret. And then that combination then produces what you say and what you do. So what we can do as humans is we can look at what are we saying, what are we doing what are the patterns, what are our emotions our behaviors, our body responses, our perspective those kind of those categories. We can look at those patterns and we can become yeah. thought detectives to find out why are we doing them. Because that's a healthy thought so this is an unhealthy thought so here's now a toxic mm, thought. Yeah. They look different in the brain. Sure. The proteins fold differently. The chemical balance is different, there's inflammation, the immune system is is responding to this to get rid of this because this protein structure is actually threatening survival so the immune system will send out all the response it would if it was COVID virus for example, Mm -hmm. to try and fight this so if we suppress these things, then we've got major issues. Now you as a psychotherapist yeah. would have worked mm-hmm. with people that had mm-hmm. suppressed a lot. Sure. So when we go to the source over here, and now, now I can quickly explain mind and brain and kind of wrap this up and we can dive into the next question. But the source of any kind of, of a toxic experience is in the roots. Like mm-hmm. I said over here, the source. So this would be the origin story, the source. So this could be maybe the abuse, the bullying, the trauma, the, whatever it was over time. Maybe it was repeated, whatever. As you experience it, you interpret Experience, interpret, experience and you build this, you wire this experience into your brain over time. So someone's re- re- repeatedly abused with all the data, the experience, the abuse, the the actual abuse is there. That interpretation, your thinking, feeling and choosing, how you see mm-hmm. yourself, how you see this experience, the emotions is over there. And that combination then influences how you show up. This is threatening survival. This is in the non conscious mind. And it's and, uh, okay. and it's threatening survival. So then, so so now, hang on to that thought, and let's quickly talk about the layers of mind. Our okay. conscious mind is the most easiest to understand. It's conscious when you're awake. It's what's operating now. But in addition to that, we have the non-conscious, N-O-N, not unconscious. Unconscious is when you're knocked out by a baseball mm, bat or yeah, something, sure. or you have an anesthetic. So mm-hmm. unconscious is very often used in the incorrect way. Mm-hmm. Unconscious mind is not this thing that's driving us. The unconscious mind is when you're knocked out. The non-conscious is this huge, dynamic, brilliant, infinite, incredibly fast, massive part of your humanity no, which funny. is the driving force. It's where every experience that you've ever had from in the womb to the age of a certain point in the womb to the age that you're at now is converted into these thought trees in the brain and in the mind. So your every experience, as I've explained, is converted into the brain, but it's also converted into the mind. So you mm. store every experience in the brain. So you've got all these thought trees in the brain and you have in the waves surrounding the body, the mind, the, you have gravitational and electromagnetic waves waves, also storing that information so we Mm -hmm. are surrounded by our memories that also pass through our brain and our body and are in our cells and that's why we have somatic memory that's why when people have Mm -hmm. post-traumatic stress they are recalling what happens is the whole, the trigger happens the trigger activates the brain which then activates the body which then activates the mind or it happens the other way around, the mind is activated first by the trigger Mm -hmm. that then Mm -hmm. activates the brain and then the body and it's very fast so sometimes Sometimes it's it's the body response first brain but it's very very quick and th- that's why you re-experience all the emotions and the feelings and sure. the body sensations even if it was 10 years ago or 20 mm-hmm. years ago yeah. because, it's it's, because every experience is stored in the brain physically in the non-conscious mind and in the body so the non-conscious mind is working with the brain and the body to try and keep balance all the time anything that threatens survival is going to be your immune system is going to try and fight it physically. Mm-hmm. Your natural pharmacopoe is going to try and get rid of it. And then mm-hmm. your non-conscious mind, which is this massive infinite part of you, is going to be looking to try and restore the balance. Because there's going to, if you think of a wave, you, uh, a good uh, uh, what we would call consider a, a happy wave or a, mm-hmm. a balanced wave would be a nice flow. But this kind of wave is an erratic wave. This produces this kind of wave. So I this see. in your mind is this. So, this is what it looks like in your brain. This is what it looks like in your mind. And in your genes, it's going to look like a mutation that's going to mm, affect things like, like telomeres on, so, your, yeah, on yeah. your genes. Mm-hmm. So, there's this is all over effect. That's why it's in your body. That's why things like trauma yoga and um, the somatic work, there's all the EMDR. And, you know, EMDR is pulling from your cells into yes. your brain and into mm-hmm. your mind. Yes. You know, so the, all these, that's what I'm explaining over here. So, your non conscious mind is your driving force. It's massive, it operates 24 7. So, at the moment, the non conscious mind is working with your conscious mind and how do we know that as i'm speaking all kinds of thoughts are popping up in relation to what i'm mm-hmm. saying maybe when i said the word abuse and abuse popped up or whatever you know so this where is it popping up from the non-conscious mind so whatever would what you whatever you are becoming aware of are existing thoughts Made of memories because these little branches are the branch memories and the root memories. So thought is made of memories. Memories are inside thoughts, and every every time that I'm, as I'm speaking. Every time these move, they're moving from the non-conscious to the conscious mind. They are triggered by what you're hearing. So we're using existing thoughts of their memories to understand this information. Mm-hmm. So these are popping up, and potentially some toxic things are popping up, as I mentioned, words like trauma or bullying or mm-hmm. sexual trauma or war trauma or any words could have popped, caused this to pop up. Now, the reason they move, when, when I say pop up, the trigger from the environment what you're hearing or what you're experiencing mm-hmm. st- is processed through your mind into your brain and it and it activates whatever that is linked yes. to and that is then pushed up by the non-conscious mind through the subconscious mm-hmm. so the subconscious okay. sense, is yeah. the bridge between okay. the unconscious and the conscious mind, and the reason it's pushed up is because the conscious mind has to work with the unconscious mind to fix this, and and that's so and and that's why the non-conscious mind is always looking to restore balance, mm-hmm. and this is going to cause a an imbalance in energy, which threatens your survival, which increases your the, your um, vulnerability to disease by thirty five mm-hmm. to ninety eight percent. So any suppressed and undealt with issue, any. and and any toxic patterns that we've developed, creates these physical patterns in the brain, body and mind. And that upsets our entire balance. So our non-conscious mind's job is to search for these, as well as sending up these to to help us to process our current um, experiences. But it's also trying to always clean up. And so when we get these prompts from the non-conscious mind, it's just trying to say, hey, Pay attention. Sure. There's a message I'm selling, sending you. There's a reason that you're feeling patterns of depression, where you're feeling anxiety, where why you're feeling frustration, why you're feeling like these mood swings. It's not that you have a brain disease. You don't have a neuropsychiatric brain disease. Mm-hmm. If you have depression, depression's not a neuropsychiatric brain disease, nor is anxiety, no. nor is general anxiety disorder. Mm. None of these are, it's like diabetes or cancer, which is how they've been True. sold to people. What they are, are they I warning like signals, symptoms of an underlying cause. So it's your non-conscious mind sending up a signal of depression saying, hey, this is actually me telling you you need to pay attention. You are depressed because of. You're not depressed. You're not depression You are depressed because of, it's a doing versus a being. So when you pay (laughs) attention to the signal, this is this toxic thing is generating a signal. The unconscious mind is shooting the signal. The depression is a signal. And if you look at it as, ah, oh, I'm depressed, it's awful, but it's telling me something, and you turn into a thought detective, you change all your neurophysiology, and you start unpacking and deconstructing to find the why. Once you find the why, you have to reconstruct so that you can make it work yes. for you and not against you. So that's a very quick cliff note synopsis through I don't know if that makes sense if you want to unpack anything there. Or- sure.
0: I was going to ask you, does that, how does this deal with just probability in general? So we automatically, we create the probability of this is probably what's going to happen. And so we act as if when something happens it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy in the moment so my i activate this i see it but before it actually happens i've already told myself it's going to happen in that moment do you talk more about that as well the probability aspect yes, of yes that-
1: that's such an excellent question so here is your self-fulfilling prophecy so mm-hmm. this is wired into your brain so the experience was wired into your brain now for something to become um a behavior Um, that influences your functioning so to become like almost like we talk about automatic responses Mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. not really what it is it's more of an it's more intelligent than that it's actually more of an automatized response where it's been wired into the brain and it's a pathway that's been Mm Uh, trigger there but you're not you, you you to in a certain extent are controlled by it but until you actually recognise and you control. Mm-hmm. So what happens mm-hmm. is that if you repeatedly are having an abuse, your interpretation of the abuse is here. That's the probability. Oh, if that happens I'm bad. So many people that have sexual trauma as you would know being with your background, they look at themselves as shame and not worthy and deserving mm-hmm. of of bad treatment. You know, there's a complete distortion and it's very insidious yes. and infects mm-hmm all parts of their life so until they recognize that that thinking is coming from that and it needs to be deconstructed and reconstructed Mm -hmm. that is a pattern and if it's gone on for longer than 63 days because that's part of the work I've done is to look at how long does it take to actually form a habit Mm -hmm. because a habit is automatization It's, it's the correct word is automatization and when something's automatized it's a very intelligent dynamic thought tree with very powerful memories attached that is governing your behavior or influencing your behavior. So it's wired in. And if you've done this, if you've had this thinking pattern for longer than 63 days, it is a well-established pathway. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take you, you have to bring it into awareness and you're going to have to go through the process of 63-day cycles, minimum, sometimes multiple 63-day cycles. But what my research has shown is that habits don't form in 21 days. That's a myth that was promulgated years ago. It's actually a minimum of around about 63 Mm. days, give or take, to around about nine weeks. It takes about nine weeks to to pull this up, to find the origin, to deconstruct it, to build it into a healthy version. You can't change what's done to you. But you can, and but you can change what's in you in terms of yes, how you respond. Exactly. That's reconceptualization. Yeah. But that process takes cycles of sixty-three days, wow. and it takes specific amount of work every day. And that's what we're not telling people. People are going into talk therapy. They're going into psychotherapy, which is absolutely brilliant and mm-hmm. so important because that starts helping us to become these thought detectives to understand. I, I do. I'm doing what I do because of and finding yeah, that exactly. source. But you once you're aware, you also have to reconstruct. So. there's awareness and then there's beyond awareness it's going beyond to the reconstruction process and that has very definite time so very often people can feel stuck they can say I know I'm like this because I was this 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 and this and this happened to me and they can tell you but they still not life's still like just not progressing forward mm-hmm. that's, that, that's what you're talking about there there's this probability they're still living on this this hasn't been changed so this this probability all these probabilities of this is how I've responded for so long I'm so used to this that until you actually acknowledge and say hey okay I own that I am doing that because of that now I need to change that until you've done that mm-hmm. work this is how you're going to keep on this will keep drawing you back and you're yes, still yeah. stuck on that hamster wheel because yeah. you keep reinforcing forcing you can't pull this up get awareness and then just shove it back down again get triggered be aware i know what's going on but you don't change it you know and you just keep this you just make it stronger yeah exactly so what we have to do is go through the painful work of reconstructing
0: we only have a That's few more my minutes. management yeah, I, No, i love that i actually love this we only have a few more minutes but i want you to tell them or i'll tell the name of the book in a second but i also want to tell them about the app that you have i think it's brilliant
1: Thank you. It's called The NeuroCycle. And the, the the second half of the book, I talk about the NeuroCycle. Essentially, the NeuroCycle is the system I developed based on my theory, the geodesic mm-hmm. information processing mm-hmm. theory. So years ago, 38 years ago, as a scientist, I started doing the research, developed a theory, and then I've spent these last 38 years constantly researching in the field. So I'm saying, saying that to say that the, the system that I've developed called the NeuroCycle um, has come out of 38 years of intensive clinical mm-hmm. practice and clinical research. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's neuropsychoneurobiology. Biology. So I've looked at this mind-brain-body connection and I've tried to find a delivery system that I can help my patients initially when I was practicing and, and everyone, everyone sure. who's alive, yeah. manage their mind. Because you can go three weeks without food, three days without water, three minutes without oxygen, but you can't even go three seconds without managing your mind. Wow. So I'm all for therapy, <laughs> counseling, coaching, yeah. but your mind is always with you. So I yes. wanted to give people not only a tool for detoxing that trauma and a great therapeutic tool, a lot of therapists use this in, in therapy, mm-hmm. but also how can I Manage myself. Are you living with yourself twenty four seven? You're not exactly. with your therapist twenty four seven. You wake up at night. You with yourself. You've got yes. to manage your mind. Yes. So the system I developed has got deep therapeutic application, but it also has day to day application. How do I manage when I look at a social media post and I feel imposter syndrome? Use the, you can use mm-hmm. the Neurocycle in five seconds for that. You can love use it. the Neurocycle daily over sixty-three day cycles for fifteen to forty-five minute blocks of time to detox the trauma, to break down toxic habits, to build new habits. So it's basically like Amazon. It's a delivery system. Amazon, <laughs> I love it. Isn't it very? It, yeah, it's Amazon's a brilliant <laughs> delivery system, yeah. but, but it, and it delivers anything. That's what the yeah. Neurocycle is. It's a delivery system that when you use it, you are actually systematically using it, 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 taking your wise mind which is that Mm non-conscious inner core wisdom that we have where all our thoughts and memories are but the core of our the core of our non-conscious mind is this wise mind which is our instinctive, introspective ability um, that we have to deep dig deep and to know the right thing. And we, that develops over time. That wisdom develops. Every human's got this. It's our wired for love nature. It's our optimism bias. And we all do it. Like someone asks you for advice, you give them advice. That's your wisdom. This discussion now we're drawing on that wisdom. So it's everyone has it. We don't all use it as well as we should. Mm-hmm. So the easiest way to understand the neurocycle is that we have this messy mind, which is how we experience life. It's the at the front line of life and it's okay to be messy. Mm-hmm. It's how we, yes. we are hypothesizing we scientists we don't know what the next person is going to say we can't control events and circumstances so we're out there kind of making a mess And the, but, but the difference is we don't want to stay in the mess we are designed our mm-hmm. Wired for Love Nature is designed to experiment make the mess and say oh oops I snapped I was irritable I'm getting depressed um, I have a pattern of this in other words self-regulation which is mind management the ability to say, to say okay I've made a mess it's okay to make a mess that's part mm-hmm. of it but now wise mind needs to talk to messy mind how do I fix this so I see I've been irritable why am I irritable let me change that I see the impact okay. of being irritable on someone or I'm depressed it's changed why so that's mind management and the neuro cycle is used for that so it's a system within which you can put any technique any therapeutic technique anything that works for you any green juice any meditation <laughs> whatever you put yeah. in but it's put in, in the right place I love it. if you don't Absolutely if you just do meditation or you just do cognitive behavior therapy and you if you don't put them in the right order mm-hmm. of, that, of the mm-hmm. mind-brain order it won't deliver correctly. It's like oh, if, is, right. if, if Amazon doesn't have proper systems in place, mm-hmm. things don't get delivered. This is what it does. It gives you the systems. It puts the systems in place so that you can deliver get your mind, wise mind talking to your messy mm-hmm. mind and directing the neuroplasticity and redesigning these things rewiring your brain oh. in a very in the proper time sequence to make it work so it's very effective. I've shown in my research that it's literally you can be empowered by 81% as you use the system yeah. just 10% will change your life 81% without drugs, without medication, just using your amazing mind. You can start transforming. Love
0: this. Absolutely love this. I am definitely going to purchase this book. If my listeners want to find out more information about you and to purchase this book one more time, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, and also um, use the app um, called the Neuro...
1: NeuroCycle.
0: Neuro, I think i sorry. NeuroCycle. Yeah. Where will they find all this information online?
1: Well, the book is available wherever the books are sold. And um, if they go to my website, drleaf.com, they can also get it. If they buy it there, they get a free download workbook Perfect. that goes with it. My Wonderful. social media handles are Dr. Caroline Leaf, and you can get everywhere from my Instagram handle. And the NeuroCycle app's available on iTunes and Google Play.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. My listeners also know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmiller at and I will link you with all of her information. Thank you so much, Dr. Leaf, for all your wisdom. I, thank you. I'm very, very humble. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today.